Hello, Linux fans. Welcome to Episode 7 of Destination Linux, where we discuss Linux news and reviews and anything else fun or interesting. Hi, I'm Rob. And I'm Rocco. And this is Destination Linux. Hi, Rob. How are you, Rocco? I'm doing excellent, man. Just I, trying to live life, you know. I do understand. Have you had a crazy week as it relates to computers or anything like that? Well, I was on uh, Ubuntu Mate being all stable and stuff, but you know I can't have that. So I uh, last night I installed KDE Neon. Oh, wow. Back to trusty, tried-and-true KDE? Hey, I had to come back, man. <laughs> so uh, I did a video the other day on Chaos. Chaos? No, K-O-S. That's what it is. Uh, and it was a, it was a uh, KDE version that is more for advanced users, kind of like a... a uh, it doesn't have... kind of like a Solus where it doesn't have uh, the AUR, it doesn't have the Ubuntu repositories. They they do all of the curating of the programs. But uh, I wasn't ready to jump into that yet because ah. I want to make sure I have the programs I need. So I had my... I thought about going back to Arch like Antergos, but I figured, oh, you know what? 5.9 is coming out with Neon, so I'm just going to run with it. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, and I know I know mentally kind of what you go through. Uh, I've had a similar experience. So I was running uh, Antergos KDE 5.8.5, yep. and um, you know it's funny. You and I had some discussion about the theming. Well, anyway, there's going to be a soapbox episode where we'll talk about that. But <laughs> but anyway, um, you know I was crying, trying some crazy stuff, and really messed up a few things, and decided to do a fresh install. And so last night, I, th I was like, you know, I haven't looked at elementary OS in forever. Uh, so had that on there. Then ran into a few kind of lagging bugs there. And so three distros in a period of about, I don't know, five or six hours. So. <laughs> uh, the life of a DHA member. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to call the hotline, but it was busy. So you were probably on there. <laughs> I was reinstalling myself. So I'm sorry. I wasn't available. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness so well do you think you're going to try to settle in with kde neon for a while is that how you're feeling okay the idea is to settle in with kde neon for a while <laughs> okay. whether that happens or not i don't know man oh. uh, ubuntu mate was really good it was really stable and though the couple days the week that i ran it I didn't have any issues like no major you know crashing or anything like that and that was what was great about it few minor problems that I have, you know, like I'm big on the sound switching uh, of default uh, sound and I have speakers and I have headphones and it's just, it's a little bit backwards to, to go through and switch the sound and you have to restart the applications in order to, when you change the sound output, you got to restart the applications. So just little things here and there that were bothering me uh when i was recording videos uh it would hesitate and i don't know if that had to do with the recording software or the drivers that i was using or what but there was just little problems here and there so and like i said 5.9 is coming out 
I figured I'd run with it. But go ahead and and just be honest here. Don't you feel at home when you're back from KDE? <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I installed it. And I was like, man, this is a beautiful OS. <laughs> it, it it feels like a you know a a place you're familiar with, right? I mean, yep. it feels like home, <clears throat> right? And, and you know, you'd be surprised how many people don't like KDE. Uh, going around and visiting different mumble channels and uh, IRCs and stuff, you know. You you say that you run KDE, and the first thing they say to you is, "I'm sorry." <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but you know what? I'm else surprised at it. How many people I find don't like openly admit that they run GNOME either? It's the same scenario. Uh, GNOME has that stigma, and I guess so does Cinnamon, where you you say to somebody you run Cinnamon or you run GNOME, and they're like, "Ooh, yeah, GNOME. yeah," <laughs> like, "Wow." Well, I, can't I actually, believe you run them. I left that part out. Uh, so we'd had some discussion about, and you know, coming up in the news, there's some uh, cinnamon news, uh, mint news rather. And um, so <laughs> for I don't know, thirty minutes, I ran uh, mint with the cinnamon desktop. And no, you didn't. Yes, I did. Yeah, for about <laughs> for about thirty minutes, and I absolutely cannot stand. The cinnamon desktop. Really? I, I just, and you know, I'm not a neg. I mean, my glass is half full, but there is something about the cinnamon desktop that I just can't stand. It felt sluggish. There were some other things there. The menu, I just, oh, it, I, listen, I, I don't cringe over a desktop, period, but I cringe. <laughs> <laughs> I cringe through the process of using it. I mean, I don't know what it is. Um, so I, I guess there's people who see KDE that exact same way, or they see GNOME that exact same way, where they just cringe with the thought of using it, you know? Yeah, they uh, do. So. Yep. They, uh, I tell you what, there were, there are people that there's a following that likes cinnamon. And then there's the people that on the other side that are like, no way. Now I ran cinnamon for a good while and I didn't mind it. I had to change it around by installing applets and a different menu and stuff like that. But uh, I didn't actually mind it because at the time, um, I forget what I was running before that, but it actually gave you more settings than the desktop I was on. I, I can't remember which one I was on. Okay. Uh, um, so I actually liked it, but it didn't last very long because it is it is sluggish. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry, it is. Yeah, it is. But uh, speaking of cinnamon, Rob. Yep. They have uh, updated their spices website. So the spices are the applets or the desklets that you install on cinnamon to customize it. Like I used to run a different menu. Uh, it was actually the Stark menu for cinnamon, and it's a it's a beautiful menu the way it's set up okay. um but they're updating the spices and the problem with it was that you would go and you would install you would never know for an applet if it was going to crash the system it it wasn't regulated at all it was I got just you. people made some applets they uploaded it to the spices website which looked like it was from 19 19- 84 <laughs> and then you would download them and install them and they could affect your system in any way there was no security no checking of the applets or anything it was just they were there well they're redoing it they redid the website and then we'll put a link in the description um and it looks pretty good 
they're revamping it so that the author's GitHub pages are linked to their repository. So what will happen is the authors will uh, make a change to their applet. It will be sent through GitHub to the Cinnamon developers. They'll review it and they'll put it in to the Spices and they'll upload it immediately once it's reviewed. Ah. Now, some developers are upset about that because then it's not completely their work um, because they might change something in order for it not to crash Cinnamon. Gotcha. But, um, I think all in all, once it's done, I think it'll work out. Uh, you may lose one or two of the developers just because of change. People don't like change. Right. Uh, but I think it'll all work out in the end. Yeah, I mean, long run, that sounds like a logical move there. You've got to protect your user base. I mean, um, if I were brand new and I came on and said, hey, okay, let me try one of these spices, and it locked up the system or caused issues with the system, that uh, puts negative light you know, in that particular distribution because some people may not see it as just, well, that was an issue with the spice, not with the operating system. Right. Well, so. that's what happens. You, it blends together where you add maybe four or five, six different applets, spices, and then things not start not to work right. And you wonder if it's cinnamon or if, and you don't really realize that, hey, or remember, hey, I added this spice and that may be affecting something right. adversely over here that you're not even thinking about. So it blends together then. So it's a good thing that they're doing it. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. Well, and they've there are uh, some other news too. Uh, so Linux Mint eighteen dot one Serena um, now have the official releases for XFCE and KDE editions. Uh, specifically on the KDE edition, uh, they're pulling the backports from uh, Kubuntu, so now you're up to Plasma five point eight LTS. Coffee uh, run. Oh, that that would be great. Thank you. That smells smells delicious, Rocco. It, it trust me it is <laughs> so i think um i think that's a good move but you know it's just kind of for me they're lagging behind like if if i decide tomorrow that i want to run kde i'm not going to go the route of mint simply because like you said 5.9 is just around the corner so um so, you know it's kind of a little outdated but at least it is you know current at least we're we're getting there with the updates. I mean, yeah, we've been running 5.8 for a while now. But, I mean, there's two trains of thoughts. I mean, me and you, we like to have the latest features, the latest updates. There right. are people that want to run the LTS versions. And, you know, that's why Neon came out with a user edition LTS. Right. And that will stay on 5.8. So it all depends on what your viewpoint is. But for me, yeah, I I gotta have the five point nine. Sorry, <laughs> but there is something you know. We could we could um, look back at previous episodes too and remind ourselves there is something to be said for stability. So there is, <laughs> and that was just last week. I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so long ago in the Linux world. <laughs> that was so last week, Rob. That's right. We want new new features. We don't care about stability anymore. That's right. Speaking of new, isn't there something coming up with Budgie? Budgie 11, man. So they announced, of course, that last week that they were going to do flat packs. And I guess we're a little late on the news because um, it's been covered by every show out there. But they are switching over from GTK to QT. Okay. 
So it's not going to have all of the KDE. You're not going to be able to run Plasma on it. But it will have the back KDE libraries in order to be based off of KDE. I guess Ike got tired of fixing Solus. Every GNOME stack that came out, like every time they would update GNOME, he would have to do workarounds to make Budgie work right, Solus work right. So I guess he got tired of that, you know, that said... The heck with it. We're going to switch to QT. <laughs> no, knowing Ike, that's not exactly what he said, but... <laughs> no, he's probably used more colorful language than that. But... <laughs> How would you like to be a fly on the wall every time something came out of the gnome stack that broke something for Ike? Oh, I'm telling you. <laughs> he's probably flipping out every time. Well, I can't imagine the amount of work. You know, you've let's say you've spent a month on something, and then here comes an update uh, in the gnome stack that breaks something. It breaks all the work you've just time and energy and everything you put into um, whatever it was that broke. Man, that's got to be like a stab to the chest or something. You know? Yeah, but think of boil it down to think about even your own system. Oh you yeah, know, you spend all this time, you know, say on Arch, you spend all of this time uh, customizing your system, making it, and then the next latest update comes out and something breaks. It's it's that frustrating, I guess. So Yeah, yeah, I would say it is. And I would love to have an opportunity and maybe we could invite Ike on to the show uh if he would ever, you know, entertain that, because I would love to hear from him kind of the behind the scenes of of what that process is like, you know, from a, a, a point of amount of time involved, uh how often things like that would occur. Um I just find that kind of thing interesting. Yeah, I think um, the developers have a uh, a different way about how they do things in order to, like a different workflow, like than say me or you. I mean, obviously we're looking at it from a user standpoint. And it's funny because you listen to him talk on shows and you uh, he's on a couple of the Telegram groups and he, he somebody will ask him a question. And I'll be waiting for the answer. And, you know, you try to think of what he might say for this or for that. And it's always he always comes up with a different um, take on it. Like he's looking at it from a different angle than what I'm looking at it. So, yeah, that would be awesome to see. Yeah, that sure that sure would. Well, there's some more news coming from Ike and and some development as far as the brisk menu is concerned. Um, You know, speaking of time, I mean, where does he find the time to update this? But there's a new update for the brisk menu and that takes it to version 0.3.0 and that's going to enable um, internationalization of the brisk menu as well as uh, search. Uh, So there's some improvements to uh, keyword search. Uh, It could be lowercase or uppercase now. Uh, So, you know, they're they're definitely not sitting around uh, resting on the brisk menu. This thing is uh, developing fast. Well, they're already planning the 0.4.0 release, and that will probably come with some major developments. But this one was more of a fix for a few issues, like you said, the case-sensitive thing. And when you start, <clears throat> excuse me, when you start typing, like if you start typing video, it will now pull up your video player, like VLC, where it didn't before. So. And I, yeah, and I think this update also gets rid of duplicate search results. And uh, I think there were just a few icons that maybe were missing in the search lineup. Uh, so those have been fixed. Yep. So 
Um, wine 2.0, Rob, is out. <laughs> is out. It has 6,600 bugs that have been fixed. With That with, is an amazing amount of bugs fixed. It is, but, you know, I think what they left out, that there's 8,800 left to be resolved. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's bad. That's mean. No, That's but mean. wait. I mean, Linux has come a long way. Yeah. But every time I run something in one, I feel like I'm running it through, like, Windows 95 or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just feels like it's, like, ye- from yesteryear. You know what I mean? I agree. Like, we're just we're getting uh, support now. One of the features was we're they're going to support Microsoft Office 2013. You know, what I mean, like yeah, that's right. Really? <laughs> well, I'm not busting and- on the wine guys. I mean, they they do a phenomenal phenomenal job. 6,600 bugs is is a ridiculous amount of bugs to fix. It is. That's a it tremendous is. amount of work. Uh, we just are afforded as an end user. We're just afforded the ability to to critique. And, you know, I mean, (laughs) well, and I I shouldn't have said it that way. I was, you know, I jest when I say there's 8,800 more bugs, there's really only 44. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But but for me, wine has never been as successful. um, You know, it's I've just never been successful with just wine alone. And and I know I'm going to hear it from the listeners that, well, you weren't doing it right. And I will attest to that. Uh, I would always mess up somewhere along the way. And if I was successful in getting something installed, it just seemed to never last long. And for me, the conclusion was this is more trouble than it's worth. Um, Now, I have had some success with the commercial version, which is, I think, called Crossover by Code Weavers. Yep. I've had much more success with getting things set up. And that uses wine, okay? Okay. that way than I ever have with just wine. Now, maybe wine 2.0 takes it to a whole nother level. And I need to be fair in saying that, that I haven't tried wine 2.0 to see how successful that is. And I think it's a great thing because we've had this discussion, Rocco, where uh, if there's that one piece of software you need to, to do what it is you do, and it's not available in Linux, then thank goodness for the folks at wine uh, because they've made it possible in a lot of cases. So they have made it possible in a lot of cases. Uh, the only thing that I'll say about wine is I spent a lot of time trying to get programs to work in wine and, you know, it was a hit or miss whether they worked or not. Yep. But I found that if I really needed that program, there were, I could, I, there wasn't a program that I really needed to run in wine that I couldn't find an alternative in Linux Okay. So, you know, something like I, you know, obviously I dual boot for Battlefield 1, but you're, everybody knows you're not going to play Battlefield 1 in wine. Okay. Right. So, excuse me. The uh, programs that I tried, it's just, it was an easier alternative, a better alternative, I should say, to switch to a Linux alternative than to try to spend a few hours trying to get this one program to work. So, right. That's right. Well, you know, and I wish them the best, and I hope that we continue to see improvement. I think, too, Rocco, you're starting to see the gap narrow in that a lot of what we used to have to do resonant on our system, a lot of that's done in the cloud now. Yep. Not everything. I mean, there's certainly some high-end photo editing apps and things. Um, You know, there's Adobe, uh, the Adobe Suite, and things like that. Um, So... uh, 
excuse me just one second. I'm going to click something off. But, yeah, it's definitely great to see progress, man. So, But you know what we really need? What do we really need, Rob? What we really need is the brand-new KDE Slim book uh, that is strictly KDE-focused. Now, this is one sweet system. This is what we really need. You mean a laptop with KDE installed? Pre-installed, high-end hardware, HD 1080p screen, uh, with all of the apps and everything have been tested, all KDE focused. Man, does that sound like a dream that machine like or a dream what? Come true, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So, so what does it what does it have in hardware wise? What is it? So you've got se- you've got several options. Um, the prices are going to start out somewhere just under eight hundred bucks for the base. Which uh, your options include a Core i5 or a Core i7 processor. Uh, you start out with four gigs of RAM, and of course, you could bump that up, you know, all the way to 16 gigs of RAM uh, with a base uh, hard drive, 120 gig uh, SATA SSD. Uh, you're going to have two USB 3.0 ports and a 13.3 1080p display. So, comes in under three pounds. I mean, this is a very nice sounding system to me. Now there's one drawback for me personally, and I believe that it has, and I need to verify this, uh, you know, it's it, first of all, it looks like a piece of art uh, yeah. when you when you look at the photo, but I believe it has a micro HD, uh, HDMI port as opposed to a full a HDMI. Mini, a mini HDMI. Or a mini, yeah, a mini. Okay, mini is better than micro. All right. Uh, so, so it's doable now. The micro is the real tiny one, and then there's one in between, which is the mini. Yeah. So, so uh, that'll work. Well, it is priced about uh, for the i7, like nine hundred to a thousand dollars. Yeah, depending on what you add and upgrade with it, because you can upgrade the RAM and everything, and you can also get. <clears throat> excuse me. Hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't even talk. <laughs> um, you can also install other operating systems too, uh, like Ubuntu, uh, right. Mint, uh, but this one specifically comes with KDE Neon, which it says KDE Neon for the moment. I don't know what that means. I don't know if they're going to switch that then or what, but it says KDE Neon. Yeah, that just to, you know, I mean, if you had to buy something new now, just to back up on that a minute, uh, I've got a Dell Inspiron 13.3 um you know, high def screen uh, with an Intel Core i5. Now you can shop around and find this thing because it's, I want to say it was first released maybe close to two years ago, this particular model. Uh, It's super slim, SSD drive, pretty well close to the specs we just read off here. And I think you can, you know, if you keep your eye on Amazon or your local Best Buy or computer store, you can find this thing for somewhere in the neighborhood of 600 um, and I've even seen a few open boxes where you can get get the same system for around 550 or something like that uh, well there definitely there's definitely more options now than there used to be for hardware and getting Linux installed on it by default so yeah yeah well and that's the thing that there's the difference so this thing would you know deliver fresh with a fresh install of KDE on there. Uh, as far as now that's going to be KDE neon. Uh, right. so it's going to be current, uh, as opposed to you go buy the system with, uh, windows on there <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, you know, so, but you know, there's an advantage to that. Let's say you need to dual boot 
and you've already got Windows installed and got the license and everything set up. So there's advantage there. But if you're certainly locked in and you know, hey, KDE Neon is it for me and this is all I ever need to order that pre-installed and have it all set up, all the drivers and everything tweaked out, that's, you know, that's kind of nice. Yes, that is kind of nice, I gotta that, say. That that's if you've got money just to play with, like you, Rocco. Yeah, yeah, I got money to burn. <laughs> oh, Rob, it's a little bit out of my price range, so I'm pass on that. Uh, all right. So the guys over at uh, Linux All in One, remember last week we talked about their Mix version. Yeah. So they decided that that wasn't enough. That the Mix version wasn't going to satisfy everybody. <laughs> Okay. So they decided to make another one for Fedora. So now you can get Fedora with either GNOME, KDE, XFCE, LXDE, Cinnamon, and Mate all on one disk. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Those guys are great. Those guys are like feeding an addiction, though, you know? I mean... I'm telling you. Well, you know, I mean, last week I brought it up as a kind of a, a joke uh, to talk about. But to be honest with you... The more distros that do this, the more availability for, say, like me. I've I've installed Fedora once, looked at it and said, okay, good. And then I wiped it and went on to something else. <laughs> but if I wanted to try the different Fedora versions to see which one was best for me, if I decided to go with Fedora, I might want to do this rather than burn separate uh, USBs to check out which desktop environment I wanted to go with. I agree with you. I think it's terrific. And I've, you know, Fedora, I've got like a soft spot in my heart for these long term distributions like Fedora and Mandriva. You know, there are now distros based off of Mandriva and, right. and, and SUSE or OpenSUSE. Uh, those three, I, I kind of always am drawn back to, well, I want to go back and see what they're up to and that kind of, but this makes it so easy for Fedora. Uh, and, you know, Fedora actually is one you should keep your eye on because um, they release pretty quickly. If you keep an eye on Fedora, man, they're, they're not sitting around. I mean, they go from one version to the next pretty darn quickly. Yeah. Well, I tried the um, – I forget if it was GNOME or KDE that I tried, but I can't do GNOME anymore. Uh, because of my NVIDIA issues. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that brings us up to some things for sure. Now, you know, Rocco, I've pulled out a thing we call the soapbox, and it's sitting there waiting on you, buddy. <clears throat> well, Rob, if there's a soapbox available, I'm going to get on it, and I'm going to talk about KDE for a moment. All right. All right. So I love KDE. All right. A lot of my videos were dedicated to checking out KDE and everything that you can do with it, all of the settings. So I kind of look at KDE as something that I can critique because I use it, okay? I don't like it when people don't use something and they critique it, and, uh, you know. But it's kind of like, you know, you can critique your brother because right. <laughs> he's your brother, but you don't want other people critiquing him, you know what I mean? Right. So, <clears throat> aye, 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 excuse me. So... I love KDE. There are so many good things about it. KDE Connect is the best app on KDE, especially to connect your phone to your desktop. Yeah, it's None great. better. It's great. Um, there are many apps that you can use on KDE that just extend the functionality of the desktop. Okay. But I'll install KDE and I will love it. Like I installed it last night and I love it. It's awesome. 
but there will always be them little things that get in the way that just drive me nuts that would make me want to try something else like, for example, Gnome. <laughs> and we've talked about this before. Why would a KDE user be attracted to Gnome? Yeah, they're, they're totally different desktop environments. But Gnome is a beautiful desktop environment that is simple. And you can do things in, okay, maybe not out of the box. You may have to add a few extensions to Gnome. And you do, because I've already talked about how it's ridiculous about some of the things not even being built in. But once you add those extensions, it allows you to do things that in other, thing, in other operating systems you can't do. And I'll just give you one example for my sound. I, I talked earlier about having different sound options. I got speakers. I got headphones. I got monitor outputs. I got five audio outputs on this computer. And I switch between them depending on what I'm doing. If I'm listening to music, I may want it out of my speakers. If I'm uh, taking a phone call, I may want to put the headphones on. Um, so in KDE, you have to right-click on the icon. You have right. to go into the control settings. Then you got to hit the hardware or configuration tab. Then I have to, in order to hear sound out of my speakers, every other sound output has to be disabled. If I leave them enabled, there is no sound out of my speakers. Mm. And the same goes with the headphones. So now I have to disable the ones I don't want and enable the one I do want. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, you got an operating system like Solus where in Budgie you open the Raven menu and, and you pick the one you want and it immediately switches. How is that possible that it's so easy? And in, in GNOME, there's an extension where when <clears throat> you hit the drop-down menu, you see all of your outputs and you click it and it immediately switches. How is that possible, Rob? Well, let me ask you this. Is, is, it, is it the frustration? I mean, you obviously you know how to go in and change all of those settings. Is it the fact that you have to do that? Or is it the fact that you're irritated that here is such a phenomenal desktop environment that has missed the boat in this one area and it's, it's blaring to you, you know? It I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think that when I have to do that, all I can think about is, why do I have to do this? <laughs> I don't have to do this on GNOME. And that's all I can think about every time I switch the sound output. And you, and you know what? That may not bother certain people, okay? You may not switch your sound outputs often. Right. So you may not even notice that problem. But I switch them often, and that, that those little things are things that add up that bother you. Well, and I can, listen, if it's something you use all the time and you have to do that uh, day in, day out, absolutely, especially if you have used other desktop environments that get it right. Right. So it's like you know what you know, right? And so once you discover, you know, it's like air conditioning. Once, you've, <laughs> once you uh, have a taste of air conditioning in your life, it's really hard to go back. <laughs> you don't want to give it up. So, well, so, I'll tell you another one. Robert, all right. All right. Is the theming. KDE is a beautiful operating system. There's no doubt about it. And the Breeze theme is probably the best theme out there for any distro, in my opinion. But... Me being a theme changer as much as I'm a distro hopper, I change my theme every week or two weeks, depending on what I'm every in the mood two, for. Be honest, every two hours. You know. <laughs> Come on. 
I'm not that bad. Uh, maybe I am. But anyway, you ch- I change it to maybe a dark theme or maybe to a light theme. And basically, when you change themes in KDE, you have to go into multiple different locations in order to change it. Now, they do have the look and feel. Right. But they don't have many. And maybe with 5.9 coming out and the new features, and that's part of what one of the new features is, that you can um, change the look and you can change everything on your desktop and then upload it to the, the KDE Look website, and then other people can download it. So you'll be getting more and more look and feels once 5.9 comes out. And that's great. But for right now, you have to go into each individual, into the desktop theme, into the window border. And it's great that you can change everything specifically, but you have to go into each individual one and set them. And right. then if you do find a theme, and there are a few, if you do find a theme that matches all of your QT apps, then you have to find a theme that matches your GTK apps. And that is almost nearly impossible to find a theme that matches both the way it's supposed to it's almost impossible i spent a day looking for themes trying to match them specifically to flow between gtk and qt apps well i'm right there with you on that in fact last night had an issue where i had a specific icon theme uh, and overall theme that i wanted to apply and lo and behold, uh, everything was fine. And I thought, wow, this really applied nicely. I don't know what Rocco's talking about with these issues. <laughs> uh, so, but it wasn't until I launched Indicating Live for some video editing, and everything was totally hosed within Caden Live. And um, I don't want to jump on your soapbox, so I'll keep it brief. Uh, long story short, changed themes, uninstalled Caden Live, reinstalled it nothing was doing and uh it really really was messed up uh not only that not just from the theme perspective rocco but uh it caused issues with the various controls being out of whack and so you were like halfway able to reach part of the controls so uh man i got a real taste of what you're talking about right now well i mean i get the whole difference between gtk apps and qt apps i get that i mean i get why it's like (laughs) that I just think that we're on such an, I mean, KDE is such an advanced desktop that at some point we should have been able to come up with something to make them look better, like make it easier to switch. If I switch in GNOME to a theme, I switch in one place basically for the shell and one for the, the actual colors or whatever. And everything switches immediately and everything flows immediately. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not praising Nomen. I mean, I know that QT apps, um, you may run into the fact that QT apps may not look the same on, on Gnome. But my point is, there should be something by now. I mean, KDE's been around for 20 years. Should be something there to make it easier yeah. to switch themes and make it look uniform across the board. I think we're going to see it. Uh, I, there have been so many updates. Uh, so many improvements to KDE over the last year. It's really been astounding. And I think QT is also coming into its own. I mean, if you look at a really well-done QT-based application done right, 
uh, it looks so much more professional and modern to me in my eyes than any GTK based um, apps. And, you know, I think as time goes, we're just going to see continual improvement there, but you're right. They've got to be able to allow people who do like to customize and go in and make things look a specific way. They've got to make that easier. Now, would you agree with me while you're still on your soapbox? Would you agree with me that the basic default breeze theme that's in place with KDE is the more professional looking uh, desktop environment. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Okay. Yep. Like I said, it is the most beautiful theme out there and they have done a great job with both the light and the dark versions of it. So there's no question about that. It's awesome. Okay. And like I said, I'm criticizing these little critiques and, and there's a few more that I won't get into, but I'm criticizing this because I love KDE and I think it's the best desktop environment out there. It's just, why can't we have this? You well, know? you know, Rocco, we're friends and I've, you know, there are times when I just, I think I need to, uh, butt out. Uh, but in this case, man, I felt like maybe as a friend, it was my duty, um, to kind of get involved a little bit. So I actually called KDE and yeah. had a, I had a long conversation with her and she told me that really you need to accept her for who she is and that it probably wouldn't hurt if you spend a little more time with her. Rob, she's changed over the years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and while we ended the conversation, she just wanted me to let you know that you don't bring her flowers anymore. All right. I'll, I'll work on bringing her flowers. Right? <laughs> but darn it. Can we get some uniform themes for crying out loud and some sound switching going on? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Well, so what are you going to do? So uh, you're you're back on KDE Neon, and what's your what's your thought there? Are you going to kind of wait it out for five point nine to see what changes, uh, and am, then go ahead, and then make a decision from there, maybe? Or I think I've already made my decision. I think I'm going to stick with KDE Neon for a while. Uh, <clears throat> I, I installed it specifically to check out five point nine and see the new features. So because I could have stayed on Ubuntu Mate because i was running stable i just like i said i just switched over so i could see the uh, new 5.9 features and you know there's so many good things about it one or two little bad things about it you know so <laughs> yeah i'm gonna stick here for a while all right well best wishes on it buddy best wishes so rob do we have any new distros coming out because we yeah. like to check out new distros yeah you know distro watch has been um I'm going to say not exactly exciting for the past couple of weeks, but there's some uh, more well-known distributions that are coming up here. So uh, Lubuntu has announced the second alpha release, and uh, they go on to talk about that. It's uh, going to be 17.04 alpha 2. They go on to say this is, uh, you know, this is not considered a stable release. So if you are uh, someone who has to have stability, avoid this. Uh, but definitely check that out if you're a Lubuntu fan or user. And then Bodhi Linux has the availability of a new stable version. Uh, this is 4.1.0, and uh, it's just you know it's an update to the Project 4x series. Lots of bug fixes in this, so give that a look. And of course Linux Mint, which we discussed, uh, Linux Mint 18.1 for KDE and XFCE official releases there. Uh, and so that kind of I think we covered scientific last week i believe um so have you ever uh installed bodhi 
Yes, actually, uh, Matt and I took a look at that, and it's very interesting. They've got a... Um, Why don't I remember that? Yeah, we... Huh. Unless they'll go back and look at that. Yeah, I'm, yeah, we did a video on that some months back, and you know it's it's really an interesting. Uh, they've got their own Moksha uh, desktop, and uh, they've got some really unique theming in place. I mean, it's one of those distributions that is definitely different out of the box. So um, you know, and now this particular version is looking at a more current kernel too, with uh, kernel four point eight. And uh, some, you know, again, it's it's one of those distros. If you're looking for something just really different, uh, give it a look. Well, you did a video. Uh, you say you did a video on Bodhi, but you did a video two days ago or a couple of days ago on uh, a new website. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, so there's a website, and this was brought to my attention uh, through Linux Quest from uh, Floris, who's been a Linux Quest viewer for some time, and so. As soon as he sent it to me, I was I was kind of researching a few things anyway and jumped over to the website and was blown away. So LinuxJourney.com, and I've got a video on that. It, it is so well laid out. I mean, you took a look at it, right? Oh, I looked at it. I mean, it's an awesome website, it, not only for newer people, but for, you know, I'm looking through it, and it comes with uh, a sidebar on the left where you can click on a category uh, of what you want to do, like to go to a different folder it's command lines basically and it shows you what they do and what to type in and how to maneuver in it just basically shows you everything about the commands inside of linux and i think it's great even for people like me to like i don't use them commands every day right uh, so even for people for me like me it'll it just refreshes in your mind w what you do to get in and out through the terminal because we're so used to the you know the guis you know it's like I don't use the terminal often to maneuver inside of files and all that. Absolutely. And they make it fun. You know, there's a little quiz. Um, and th there are links to other resources. And this is all uh, done. It's all completely free and open source done with, you know, various contributors. I think there's something like 25 to 27 contributors, maybe more than that. And so just hats off. Great job. And uh, keep up the good work. I think... That is the kind of thing for someone, well, like you said, it's great for everyone, but for someone brand new, you can start out with the basics and work your way up. Yep. Hey, I got a question for you, Rocco. What's the question, Rob? Do you ever use Google Maps on your Android phone? I do use Google Maps on my Android phone. All right. And that, that's probably most people's go-to app for maps on their phone, I'm guessing. Um, yeah, I would think, yeah. Yeah, it's really well done. Uh, there are some uh, frequent updates here over the last six months or so that have really made Google Maps very nice. But I've got another pick uh, for you, and I wanted to see if you've ever used uh, – it used to be called just Here Maps. Yeah. Uh, now it's called Here, in quotation, We Go Maps. Uh, have you ever used that? I actually have that on my phone. I've had it on my phone ever since I got it uh, because, you know, there are times where, you know, maybe you don't want Google watching when you're doing you're going. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was actually a, a really good map program, map app. Yeah. Well, they've had some frequent updates and I use it as well. And one of the reasons that I use it and why it's our app pick, uh, Android app pick of the week is number one, it like you said, it's a great alternative to Google Maps. 
It's absolutely free. And then the other main reason that I really like it is you have offline map access. I think that's the biggest feature that you can have. I mean, there are times where you're going to be in places. I mean, I don't know about other people, but I don't live near the city. So I'm out in the country and there are times where I don't have a signal. So right. you're going to go in and out with Google Maps and everything. Uh, but with Here Maps, you have the offline maps that you download, and you basically have GPS without ha needing an Internet connection. I think it's great, and I travel a lot for my business, and I'll get into spots where I have no cell connection for 30 minutes at a time, you know, when you're yep. traveling through the mountains and, and things like that. Um, so for me, it's been invaluable. But, but more than that, this is real turn-by-turn -turn directions. Uh, also, uh, as you update these maps, you're getting data as well, uh, such as, you know, restaurants in the area and things like that. So you're not, um, you're not just pulling in map data, you're getting additional data. And if you do have a connection, that data is updated as far as local restaurants and things. But now there's some other features that I really like from a business standpoint. So, and you can do this now within Google Maps. You can create what's called a, uh, it's kind of like a pushpin note. I forget exactly what they call it. But let's say you've got a couple destinations that you pin and you save those in favorites, which you can do within here maps. Yeah. Uh, you can create categories. So, in my case, I have categories that are customers. Uh, I have categories for uh, places that I just want to visit during my travels. Uh, so you can set up the various categories, but you can also set a description for that pushpin, if you will. I'm going to call it a pushpin. Um, that would tell you maybe, the, um, in, you know, in the case of the business, I would give it a company name. So uh, really some nice features. Plus, they have a website, uh, the Here Maps website, that allows you to log in under your user account. And you're going to see all of those favorites, and you can go in and use it from the web interface, and then it'll sync back over to the actual app when you use it. Well, the other thing, too, is that you can use this offline. So there's a checkbox in the settings that you can check, you know, use offline app, and then you're not using any bandwidth either. Well, and I think that's a, a battery saver as well. Yep. So yeah, it's uh, an all-around nice app. Very good. So if you're in need of a new map app or you're trying to uh, stop using a lot of the Google products that are, you know, let's face it, they're, they're good and they're easy to use. Uh, they're all over the place. And they're all over the place. That's right. Then Here Maps or Here We Go Maps is an excellent choice. And that's our Android app pick of the week. Very nice. So uh, I did want to mention that uh, it Joel Gibson earlier in the week posted on the YouTube channel about the Budgie 11. So we covered that in the news, but um, it, he was, he actually posted a link for us to uh, go to it. Excellent. Thank you, Joel. Um, we have an email, Rob, from V, who wants to let us know about the uh, GNOME. And if any, I don't know if we, we did talk about it in another episode about problems where I was having with GNOME and the Wayland situation with the nvidia drivers <clears throat> so there is a way to uh, get around that you can use the light dm login manager instead of gdm and that will go to an x session rather than use Wayland. and chris weir one of the other youtubers had had the same issue and 
did it. Now, his workaround, <laughs> his workaround was that he installed Manjaro XFCE. Then he installed all of the GNOME desktop environment, basically, and then uninstalled XFCE. And then he had a GNOME <laughs> X session. <laughs> Manjaro. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <clears throat> so I guess that was the long way around. Um, but for me, when I had that problem, when I, after I installed it, I would never get to the login screen. So you would almost have to switch the, um, you would almost have to switch to the light DM through the terminal. And I didn't uh, exact. I don't have two computers, so I didn't exactly have the commands in front of me to switch to light DM. I didn't know about it at the time, but even if I did, I don't. I didn't have the commands in front of me to switch to the late DM um, desktop manager, so it wouldn't have helped me at the time. But there gotcha. it is. If you want to use the late DM, if you want to use GNOME with an NVIDIA driver, you have to use late DM right at the moment until waiting until they get their act together. Yeah. Well, thank you, V. And uh, we had another uh, question from Torin. Uh, he wanted to know, uh, and this is not at all tech related. He wanted to know, Rocco, what is that painting behind you? Well, that painting, that painting has been um, in the family for quite a few years. I have uh, a couple different copies of it. Always loved it. And I think the one thing that it does is it reminds me of what's important in life. So that's why it's there. Well, that is excellent. And you and I kind of have a an inside uh, I guess running, not really a joke, but we're waiting on, um, and this will, I guess, let the cat out of the bag. We, <laughs> we've been waiting on someone to remark that I have the exact same painting, albeit much smaller, right behind me on my shelf. You and, do. And so, and so the story there, uh, we'll just share this with the listeners. The story there is that um, I noticed your painting and I made a remark that one of my family members, a, a grandparent, uh, used to have uh, the exact same painting on their wall above their dinner table. And uh, for me, it always just kind of, as you said, made me feel grounded and made me think about the important things in life. And uh, so I made mention of that to you and being the kind person that you are. Uh, I got a package in the mail one day. And so lo and behold, I have one, but it's been hilarious because no one's ever realized it. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at it now, you can see double almost. But... Now you, <laughs> now you see it. So, but so there's uh, the story behind the uh, painting. There you go, Torin. All right. So Stefan, he sends in an email uh, to destinationlinux.tech or comments at destinationlinux.tech, and. He basically talks about F-Droid, and we talked about F-Droid in the, I think it was the last episode, and he wants us to, he wants to let us know that F-Droid does track uh, the apps that go into the store for safety, and they are concerned about privacy. So basically, we were talking about the fact that we weren't sure how secure F-Droid was, and uh, actually, Torin made mention to it as well that he's used it for years without problems. So they he, they just want to let us know that there are good apps in FDroid and that they do care about privacy and security, which they check. So well, and that thank you, thank you guys. I appreciate that because it's been years since I've used it, and uh, really, you know, not up to snuff. I knew enough to talk about it, and so hearing from people using it is always great. 
So, Rob, Acid Monkey. Yes. One of the YouTubers. He um he feels the same way that we do about Linux. Okay? He loves Linux, wants to continue to show it to people and make it a great operating system all over the place. Okay? But one of the obstacles that he runs into is in a business environment. You know, he has a small medium business and he has programs like you talked about last week with uh, Outlook that he needs to have for a business and it makes it hard for adoption to other people inside the business to run Linux. Right, right. You know, I think that's a problem and, and Acid Monkey, I feel your pain, man, I feel your pain because and you, you often read articles about this, too, where you've got someone uh, within a company who may actually have some pull and be able to change the direction as far as what's being used software-wise. But you have to think about all of these other scenarios with software that's proprietary. Um, you know, other people who, like you said earlier, Rocco, who are just absolutely against any type of change and could never fathom using another operating system to do their work. Um, so you start to run into all of these walls and obstacles and I would love, you know, in a perfect world, I would love to see those walls and obstacles completely removed. And, you know, if I wanted to install Outlook on my Linux operating system, Hey, I can do that. Uh, I just feel like that's going to be something we're going to have to live with for some time to come because guess what? There's money involved and, um, and I get that uh, you can't develop and, and offer all this awesome software for free. Uh, well, you can, but it doesn't always mean it works the way it needs to uh, under different use case scenarios. And the business world, I think, is going to be one of those areas where we just kind of lag behind. A, a lot of it has improved just because of what you can now access online. Well, there's always going to be Linux alternatives for programs, but we've talked about it before that, you know, you have to go with what is best for you. And that applies to a business even more so. Right. Because it, because it is your business. It is about making money. It is about productivity. So you have to run the programs that are going to work best for you. And right. I think the other option, other problem is you have other people in your business that maybe don't want to adapt to Linux. That's right. Okay? Maybe they like a certain program and they don't want to, you know, you may want to install Linux on your computer and you may want to install Linux on their computer as well in the business itself, but right. they might not want to run Linux. They might not want to run this program because of they can't have this program. Rocco, we've run this accounting software on Windows 95 since 1997. I don't understand why we need to change. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, but thank you. Thank you, Acid Monkey. I feel your pain. There's a lot of pain going on. But, hey, all in all, I think uh, I think the adoption of Linux is, I think what they said something about, it was almost up to 5%, I forget. Yeah. Uh, somebody yeah. threw that out. So I think all in all, it's it's we're on the upswing. I just yeah. think uh, we need to keep improving. Let's there put it you that go. Way. There you go. And being on the upswing is awesome. So, well, Rocco, I think we've reached our final destination for this episode. Rob, we made it to our destination. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Be safe. And until next week, where we continue our journey to 
Destination, Destination Linux. Linux. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. All right, we'll catch you later. Oh, well. All right, so um, we are recording. Hello, Linux fans. Welcome to Destination Linux, Episode 7, where we talk about uh, Take Two. Take Two. Take Two. Cut. <laughs> I was about to say Linux <laughs> Quest. Wait. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> <laughs>